a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are told far too often that we should look to Washington and elected officials to see what's happening in the nation. But what if there's a better view? What if there's a more realistic view? Where would you find it? Would it surprise you to say you could find that in the American family? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it is time for the American Family Survey and uh, helping us to break all of that down. And what is going on? Lois Collins joins us from the Deseret News. This is an annual survey. And uh, Lois, for our, our listeners who aren't as familiar, tell us just a little bit about the American Family Survey. And then we'll dive into what we learned and what we learned for the nation this year. I'd love to. Thanks, Boyd. So the survey has been done for seven years now. This is the seventh edition, and it's a com- it's a collaboration between the Deseret News and the Center for the Study of Elections and Democracy at Brigham Young University. And it's conducted for us. Um, it's a nationally representative survey that's conducted by YouGov. And they survey 3,000 people, which, if you know surveys, that's a pretty large sampling. But it represents, really, America. And it's pretty exciting to be involved with it every year. Yeah, the, the data that comes out of the American Family Survey is so instructive uh, on so many different issues. And this year... Uh, one of the things that was focused on uh, that we know of so far, we know there's more to be released as we go through the week, uh, that while the pandemic was universal, the impact on families, American families, was not. Uh, everyone had a different experience. And uh, help us understand uh, what happened there and why. There are a couple of things that were really interesting about our findings on that. The first was that most people financially were not devastated as much as had been predicted Um, And if you looked at history, if you looked at what happened with the recession, that kind of thing, you would have figured that the pandemic would just be cataclysmic. And in fact, it wasn't. But the belief is, and indication talking to people was, that that is because there was a lot of government aid that a lot of, and a lot of agencies, churches, a bunch of people stepped up and went, oh, we can't let this tear people, we can't let them just burn people to the ground. So families were not as impacted um, as they might have been. Of those, most people stayed relatively flat. They stayed about the same economically. The people who got richer were the rich, and the people who got poorer were the poor. Mm. Uh, and that always seems to be the case, that the uh, wealthy and the well-connected always seem to, to be able to handle that just fine. Uh, and, of course, yeah, the, the yeah. poor and the most vulnerable among us are often those that uh, get hurt the most in these. Uh, you also mentioned in, in your report today at Deseret.com uh, that overall... 
the story of the American family in the last year has really been one of resilience. Tell us a little bit more about that. It's great. So the American family has shown that it can pivot to meet the situation, and they don't always pivot the same way. Um, Women were more impacted employment-wise in some ways than men were, and they're more worried about their future, by the way. Um, But when families were sent home, they looked at the situation. You got husbands and wives sitting at home working. Um, Men stepped up more and helped more around the house. Agencies did more to help. People did more to help each other. The interesting thing, by the way, is that neighbors were not particularly helpful. Um, Churches were helpful. Government was helpful. Schools were even less helpful than churches in the view of the American family, probably because they sent kids home and put more pressure on families. And what am I going to do without daycare? What am I going to do? Am I going to have to to reduce my hours, that kind of thing. But for the most part, people really worked together and they looked at their circumstances and they did what they could. And they, you know, marriages didn't get weaker for the most part. There were a few people, of course, who said that their marriages felt a lot of pressure. But that was one in ten compared to the vast majority that said, if anything, we feel stronger than we were. Um, couples relied on each other and they they came through it pretty decently. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting because there were such dire predictions in terms of uh, of marriages, what that was going to do to marriages, of course, the economic pressure and, and the uncertainty there. Uh, were, were there anything else in terms of this idea of resilience? I, I want to go back to this uh, point. You said that, that neighbors were not nearly as uh, helpful. Uh, we always think, okay, it's going to be family, then it's going to be neighbors, and then churches, and then and then government. Uh are we, are we missing our, our neighbor? Pretty down the list. I think, I think there could be a lot of things that happen. I mean, I've been talking to Jeremy Pope and Chris Karpowitz, who are the two investigators on the survey. They've done it every year. And I've been talking to other experts about what might have been happening there. And part of it is that we've been staying away from each other. Mm, so we've been social distancing. And in some neighborhoods, um, it's your church. So you might be thinking of your church and your neighbor differently. Oh even though you go to church with your neighbor, so that could make a difference. Um, But people have also been really dealing with their own unique situations, and everybody has gone through this completely differently. There are differences in terms of race. Like even in sickness, if you look at the survey, you see that one in ten white people had somebody in their extended family who died. For Hispanic families, it was was one in five. 20% of them had somebody that they loved that died. So we've all been going through it in really unique ways, and that may have made it a little bit hard to be neighborly while you're trying to deal with everything else going on. Yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, definitely a factor there for sure. Uh, let's, let's sneak in one last question before I let you go, uh, Lois. Uh, anything else from the, the survey that just really jumped out of, to you as a, either a surprise or a, oh, that's something we need to have a better or a different conversation about? So there are some really interesting partisan divides that I think are interesting, even where race didn't make a difference, but partisanship did. So there are a couple of those that are really striking, and one of those is in the question of providing aid. Um, another one is in the, in the question of how do you teach race in schools. There's a very big difference between white Democrats and white Republicans specifically. Um, In providing aid, you find that Democrats are more prone toward wanting to help families in need. Although Republicans also want to help families in need, but a a pretty large chunk, 43%, say none at all, zero, don't do it. 
And I, I think that that's kind of interesting. And the other thing that really struck me, and, and when they did the panel discussion today in Washington and they talked about the findings, one thing that really jumped out is how little we interact with each other racially. And this isn't a Utah thing. This isn't a specific town. This is a nationwide survey yeah. that found people do not host somebody of a different race. They do not give a job reference to somebody of a different race. And I don't think that's, that they're opposed to doing these things. I think that we have not reached across racial gaps at all to, to meet other people who aren't just like us. And it, yeah. and it was not just whites not hosting blacks. It was, it was all races not doing it. It's yeah. just not happening. And that's something that we maybe want to think about. Yeah. If we're the United States, what does that mean? Who are we? That's right. Coming all together. Lois Collins from the Deseret News. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the American Family Survey. You can see it at Deseret.com. It's a poll, national poll conducted by YouGov for the Deseret News and Brigham Young University Center for the Study of Elections and Democracy. Always great research. Uh, and Lois always helps us with the great insight as to what the data really means. Uh, so all of this gets to the point that we have to really look at it, and that is where should we be looking to solve the biggest problems? Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Think again with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.